the Bears. Welcome in to another episode of Around the Loop. As always, joined by my boy Lucas Hoig and my other boy Larry Larson. Bears victory week. Kool-Aid has been poured. We're so back. <laughs> I mean, I'm just... We're talking power. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think our spotlight. front office is, is drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> No, they're not. Biggest news today by far, Robert Quinn traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth-round pick. Going to stay on the payroll for 2022, which is fine. You know, I don't think we're really looking to spend a whole lot of money anytime soon this season. Uh, but looking, No more Odell, then. I know. The, the, the dream's dead. <clears throat> but he's cleared from the books after this year. Uh, putting the Bears at $125 million in cap space for the 2023 season. There's a little, you know, obviously there's always a little hunch there. They will need to spend $75 million in this offseason just to hit the cap floor. That leaves $50 million left over after the required spending. Ryan Poles said today, it sucks to mess with the locker room culture after a massive win on Monday night, but the trade made way too much sense for what they're trying to build here in Chicago. Lucas, we'll start with you. Robert Quinn for a fourth. How do we feel a few hours after the news breaking? I was coming home, listening to 670 score. You get that up there and, you know. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Tower, man. Come on. My my dad said he heard he's, he's listening to 670 the score in Ohio, so. Thing. Yeah, I was hearing, you know, they're talking about it, whatnot. And I just, I had this feeling we got a fourth round pick. And I, I don't know. This is just when I had that feeling. I knew we'd gotten the fourth. Will, maybe you know better than me. I didn't look this up or anything. Who's like a really good Bears third round pick? David Montgomery. Okay. Do you want you know me to keep any going? Yeah. Um, Mike Brown was a two. Charles, I think Charles Tillman might have slipped into a three. Um, recently, though, name some good fourth round picks. Eddie Jackson, yeah. Cohen were both yeah. fourth round picks. I want to say Khalil Herbert was a fourth. Might have slipped into the fifth round for Herbert. Um, recently, um, recently yeah. we've had some luck with fourth round picks. Fifth I think is, the only. Fifth is where we hit as well. We've always been a fifth round hitter. Adrian Amos has been a fifth round hitter. Um, Jordan Howard, I think Khalil Herbert was either a fourth, which helps your argument or just helps the fifth round argument as well. Darnell Mooney was a fifth. That's true. Uh, so, I mean, the fourth, the bears have always exceeded in the middle and who was our most recent third round pick? Valus Jones. Yeah. Bad, bad look. We don't want polls that have to make another third round selection. Exactly. We don't want that. We'll take That's the fourth pressure. all night. We'll take the fourth, and, like, if it fails, then it's just a fourth-round pick. Who cares, you know? But all, like, all business talk, actually, like, I think the only way you could think it's a bad thing is if 
you say that he should have pulled the trigger sooner and traded him when his value was at its highest. Whatever, fourth-round pick for a guy who hasn't really showed up this year. Yeah, obviously he set the, the franchise record in sacks last year, but even the year before that we were saying the same things we are this year. So it's like, I don't know, two-thirds of the seasons he's been here, he hasn't really done much. So, you know, we got a fourth-round pick. Don't really care about the money. No, don't really care about this year. Money's off the books for next year. So let's go. Larry? You know, if you ask me, I agree with Lucas. You know, money kind of is what it is. Uh, but, you know, Ryan Poles says, like, oh, this deal just makes too much sense. Fourth-round pick. I don't I don't think Robert Quinn for a fourth-round pick is, you know, like, oh, man, you know what? That's a no-brainer. <laughs> we got to do it. See it, Robert. <laughs> Um, that's not my first thought. I think like, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> Obviously getting draft capital is, is valuable for the direction this team is going. But you guys mentioned these previous fourth and fifth round picks and, and, you know, later draft selections. Most of those guys with, with the last front office. Yeah. I think how well this new regime drafts is a big question mark. Now there's no reason for me to assume that they're going to be bad. Uh, and that's no reason for me to assume that the Bears can't get somebody valuable and productive and a starter and a, a possible Pro Bowl level player in the fourth round. But I don't know. I, I think it's more of a question mark uh, than it is automatic. Yeah, so far what we've seen from Bowles too, obviously it was the first first year coming into a rebuild. During the draft, he only traded back. He never made an aggressive move. You know, this offseason, obviously we were talking money it's going to be a different situation. So maybe that's, you know, some ammunition add on top to a trade deal to get somebody, um, you know, in a trade as opposed to just taking that fourth round draft selection. So we'll see. We just got more, we got more flexible for sure. I agree completely. And Lucas, I did agree with you because that's what I was going to ask you. Cause I remember us talking about the whole in the off season when we did around the loop episode. Yay way back yonder um in my eyes though you know I would have been pretty pissed off if it was like a fifth and a, a fifth and a conditional seventh based on how much he plays or something like that and I guess a fourth really isn't that much of a difference but in my eyes I think the offseason best we may, at most a second which I don't think anyone would have paid a second for Robert Quinn in the offseason but I think at best we probably would have gotten a third when he was at his peak and I don't blame him for at least keeping some sort of a pass rush when we don't know how Gibson and uh, Al-Qaeda and Muhammad are going to, you know, adjust to the, well, I guess Muhammad came over from Indianapolis. But uh, I guess I don't blame him for seeing how it works out. And, you know, it's off your Robert Quinn. It's, you know, every other year that dude has like four sacks and the next year he has like 20. But so I guess I don't blame him for at least seeing how he's going to work out in the system. And I mean, it cl it's clear that it, the impact wasn't anything substantial. So he's like, okay, we'll get what we can for him. Trade the fourth. He's off the books after this year. We'll keep the, we'll keep the bread this year just to help out Philadelphia and get a higher pick for that. So I'm cool with it. Like Lucas said, we could use the capital to move forward. <clears throat> just the draft capital in general, we could use that to trade up as you seen us use it before in the past you know it just takes uh, a high first round pick and uh what was it a third and a fourth just to jump up one spot and draft Mitch Trubisky so we've seen it used in the past I, I like the move though I think it was 
I, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, obviously jumping off the paper is holy shit. Our franchise is a thousand times better, yeah. but I just think, you know, moving forward, it was the, Robert Quinn is not going to be on the Super Bowl team. He's 32, 33 years old. He's been in the league a long time. He needs to go to Philadelphia. That's a good place for him to be right now. They just lost yeah. a pass rusher. So I think it's a win-win for both teams, really. How, how about grades? How about we go around? Everybody give a grade. Okay. I would say like a C plus, like a 78 is what I'd say okay. if this was on a scale. I think – and some like kind of the last point I wanted to make on it too is that <laughs> now it's time to see what guys like Dominique Robinson can do in more of a consistent – uh, role Travis Gibson, you know, big play, big tip pass, a lot of disruptions uh, against the Patriots Monday night. So we wanted to see guys like him get more play time. Obviously, the coaching staff likes Muhammad. He's one of Flus's guys. So, you know, let's see what we got. But, yeah, I think about, about 78, C, high C. I'd give it like a, a B, B minus. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't go around. I think it's like Good for the team, yeah, but you can't go around tossing out A's or, you know, B-pluses for, you know, nabbing a fourth-round pick. That's if, you know, you nab like a second or a third for Robert Quinn. So, yeah, I'll stick around the C-plus, B-minus range, just the average. Um, And, I mean, you're talking to the king of C-pluses right here. Like, (laughs) he's good degrees. It gets the job done. And sometimes (laughs) it's it's for what's best, you know. Have some fun. Still still move on in life. So I like it. I like it. What I'm worried about here, though, is that we have to spend $75 million just to hit the floor. Otherwise, in like, five, I don't know, I was literally doing all the research today. I'm like, okay, what happens if we don't do this? Then in like five <laughs> years, players who are on this roster can take us to court and get more money because we can hit the floor. And I'm like, all right, Ryan Poles is not a lawyer. He's a GM. He needs to spend a lot. I mean, $75 million, I guess, in today's game isn't too much. Dude, that's not a bad thing. I'm not looking at this as a bad thing. I'm not scared that Bears aren't going to spend $75 million, you know? I'm worried about, it, like, the, the, the free agency market isn't pretty in 2023. So I think we're going to need – obviously, I think that, you know, Jalen Johnson extension and a Darnell Mooney extension will have to fall under this, which will help a lot. Darnell Mooney will probably gain, you know, I mean – it's crazy to say this, but I think he can probably hit like a 17 million AAV. And, you know, Jalen Johnson will probably hit around the same. And that'll clear those two alone will probably clear 35 to almost 40 million, maybe. I would like to say, I would love, I would hope to then love to say less than that. Um, but I think if we're going to really want to build, you know, Super Bowl winning pieces around this, a trade is going to have to come into play. Yeah for a big player and we're going to have to bring on someone's massive money into this. And I'm nervous about it. I don't want to, I don't want to have a Jaguars off season. You know, it, Trevor Lawrence does look better and what they did was spend a lot of money, but I mean, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, like it's not. I want to have know. a Jaguars off season just with good players. Like <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to, you know, do it the right way. And, yeah, they, they're a lot better, too. So, I mean, 
I'm not going to knock on them. They don't have the best record to show for it, but I think they're much better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of it, I mean, maybe it's just going to come down to guys like Monty, who we've thought, you know, he's probably replaceable. Well, we have a lot of fucking money to spend. So chances are he's going to get like a one, two year type deal. Probably get good money. Not really that big of a deal because like you said, we're going to have to trade, which you can only do so many of. You only have so many resources. Um, for a big contract, I think, you know, I haven't done, you know, I haven't looked at these types of scenarios as to like big contracts on teams that aren't very good, and, you know, trying to dump. But um, yeah, like Larry said too, it's a good problem to have. It is. It is. I mean, you know, Terry McLaurin stands out a little bit in Washington. DK Metcalf, both being, you know, the center of trade discussions in this last offseason. But I feel like we're moving towards uh, sign the contract, get traded in the NFL. Give me DJ like, Moore, man. I want DJ Moore. Oh yeah, you're bought in on that. Oh yeah. I don't want to see us the. I don't want to see us trade for like Chase Claypool. Like I, I, I would like him, but I think that we could probably land someone better in the draft and then save money by signing like or spend the same amount in the offseason on someone similar to him without having to give up draft capital like McCole Hardman. Like I would honestly probably maybe even take McCole Hardman over Chase Claypool. And I would not want to see us trade for someone unless it was your DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. But then it comes with the price of those guys are probably going to draw in a second round pick at least. Or like, you know, maybe two seconds. Like Chicago can't give up their first round pick next year because nope. I mean, I guess if it's like pick 31, like we're all expecting, it's not that bad, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's just my view. I'm nervous. I don't want to spend a lot of money on bad players, but we got to spend a shit ton of it next year. I'm assuming Roquan Smith is, you know, that's going to be the, one of the bigger question marks is Roquan. Do we give $20 million? We've got money to spend. But at the same time, you don't spend money just to spend money. I think a big chunk of that, hopefully, is a left tackle. Hopefully a center. I think those, you know, offensive line is expensive, and we got a lot of holes to be filled there. I think, you know, outside of Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, shit. Tevin Jenkins stays healthy this year. Give him some money. I mean, he's been our best offensive lineman. He's been amazing for us in the run game and the pass game. So, I mean – yeah, I think that's where a lot of the money will be spent. Offensive line, I bet they'll probably go out and get one of the big free agent offensive linemen. I don't know who those people are, but that is just kind of makes sense. The no I bet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they don't, I mean, I can see them spending big on an offensive lineman and drafting an offensive lineman with their first round pick too. Um, they'll probably go like we talked about last week: best player available between offensive or defensive line. Um, you know, just best player available overall, I guess, but that's probably where it'll come from. And yeah, I think, like you said, Will, between Mooney, um, who's the other extension you said, JJ, uh, Jalen Johnson, that's some money too. So I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, guys, let's move on to the obvious elephant in the room, Bill Belichick down for the count, down for the count on Monday night to Matt Eberflus, Virginia McCaskey, 
came down, said, you're not going to do this to my father, smacked him around a little bit. <laughs> you know, maybe cracked Laying the hip down on the way. Maybe cracked the hip on the way down, don't know. But she smacked Bill B around a little bit. It was pretty funny because everyone was everyone was talking about after the game about how the McCaskies made it clear to Eberflus not to let Bill Belichick pass their father in all-time wins on Monday night. And they were they were just giving George shit for that. Like, oh, he he's just a fan. Because <laughs> he always says I'm just a fan. And they were just on his ass, like, oh, go win the game, coach. Good great great advice. But um, it was an amazing game. I mean, name a time where you had that much fun watching Bears football when they weren't, you know, supposed to be good. Like, you you went into the game thinking, you know, there's a really good chance that I'm going to be maybe clicking the game off at the, after the third quarter, which I would never do. Justin Fields' progressions are way too important to me. But, you know, the average fan, the average fan might just click it off after the third quarter. And instead – after the third quarter, you know, I'm cracking a, I'm cracking a twisted tea. Like, I'm celebrating. What were some of your guys' biggest takeaways from the Monday night win over Bill Belichick and the Patriots? You know, I got to say, I'm sorry to cut you off, Lucas. False start on the offense. Oh, there. Good. Um, oh, good. I would say, I mean, for me, I, I got to admit, I didn't watch the entire game super closely. Um, but I, I feel like from what I did see, they opened up the playbook a little bit. It really seemed like they started to trust Justin Fields a little bit more than they have. And I think that's progression in and of itself. Uh, I think Fields made a lot of good, good throws, um, but, and I think what stood out the most was his ability to scramble and run. And obviously that's nothing new, but we continue to see progress. And I think that's the most important thing right now. Yeah, I think um, the offense was so much fun. It was the first time, you know, it was like a fun offense to watch. The plays went well. We had consecutive scoring drives. We operated well at the end of half and coming out from halftime. Like, it was just fun to watch. But I think the biggest takeaway is that I'm, like, officially an Allen Williams fan. I think last time he was a defensive coordinator, I think it was Minnesota, Will, you know, Larry, you know? Not sure. Oh, he was a DC in Minnesota, I think, and he didn't, he didn't do great. He, it wasn't a, you know, a very good defense, but this year, I, I think. Go on. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, I mean, it, we've held the, the other team to single digits, I think in every single game of the second half points wise, um, maybe gave up like 13 <laughs> one game in the second half, but our second halves have been so good. Like we we're a real bend but don't break type team. And then we finally got big plays from Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. That was that was nice to see. I'm sure from if you're Ryan Poles seeing your top two uh, picks of your GM career uh, coming up big twice. One in the beginning of the game to shift the momentum, bench you know get the starting quarterback benched, and then one at the end of the game to really seal the deal. Both really athletic plays, both, you know, great plays to watch as a fan, but I was just happy to see it because, um, you know, Brisker, he's from the, you know, game one. And they've called him, you know, NFL ready. Like, he's just a damn good player. Like, I mean, he's been playing better than any other rookie safety that I know of. He's been one of the best safeties in the league overall. 
and he wasn't drafted like one. You know, he fell to us with our second pick. And now Kyler Gordon, he started rough as far as, you know, yardage and giving up receptions in the beginning of the year. But he's really played a lot better. And now he finally got rewarded, um, got to use some of that athleticism and came up big for him. So great to see that. And definitely a big fan of this defense right now. They, they don't have the most talent across the board. There's some pretty big holes still on the defensive line. Um, I mean, that's the big one, but the secondary is legit. I think the DC is legit. And so it was, it was a great game. Great game. Phenomenal ball game. Alan Williams was DC for the Vikings in 2012 and 2013. This is his first time as a play caller though. He was under okay. Leslie Frazier in Minnesota, who was calling the defense. And I just remember that being a big thing. Also little Alan Williams uh, snippet was teammate with Mike Tomlin in college at William and Mary. And that's how he got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense assistant job. When Tomlin was there, Lovey Smith was there, the whole, uh, and uh, Tony Dungy. And then he went to the Colts for like 10 years with Dungy. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Allen Williams fan. <clears throat> I'm loving, I'm loving every second of the defense. My biggest takeaways is one fuck George Pickens till I'm dead. Like I <laughs> like, I have enjoyed every like I enjoyed every second of that because stupid fans are like, oh my gosh, it'd be so nice to have George Pickens right now. Like this, like, yeah, you know, I'm all about, you know, developing Justin Fields this year, but like I would love to have much rather have seems, you know, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, and then oh, never mind a rookie wide receiver and a free agent wide receiver next year while filling two major holes in the secondary like we all talked about were a major need before going into the draft me and Lucas showed up to the DB's combine spoke Jaquan Brisker into massive existence like I mean <laughs> we manifested him coming to Chicago he is playing like one of the best safeties in football he's if he's getting national recognition now Field Yates was tweeting about him being one of the best safeties in football already um, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were talking about how he's such a huge need for the team and I just love to see him get some revenge after Mac Jones it almost looked like definitely on purpose yeah Yeah, I mean that leg was down and then all of a sudden it's up like yeah straight nut shot so I'd love to see him get some revenge there but I'm also going to bounce off what Larry said the third play, I had like a half chub. I mean, just <laughs> me, like we we I have we have not like seen him. We've seen Fields roll out, but I don't think we've seen a play yet this year where the quarterback gets the ball and the whole offense shifts to the right with him. It's like you get your your play action rollouts, and it's not like oh roll out deep bomb. It's just them beautiful drawn up plays five yard out. He's rolling with it straight to Mooney like that. I've been waiting to see that in Chicago. I see it all the time in Philadelphia, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, we should do something like that with our mobile quarterback. And they did it on the third play of the game. Bam, chubbed. I was like, let's ride. And the the quarterback plays, the the quarterback drawn-up runs were so beautiful this week. They Mm -hmm. weren't, you know, Cam Newton quarterback power. They were getting him – into space with lead blockers protecting him this wasn't you know taking years off his life quarterback runs like Kyle Shanahan was doing with Trey Lance 
Like these were, we've got two or three guys in front of you, get out of bounds, and he's going to pick up 11 yards. Just the best offensive game by far that we've seen from Getze. And I, I give him a lot of the credit in how the offense works. Fields, you know, once again, took a step forward. I would love to see some consistency in taking steps forward because we, I'm not saying we saw a, a step back against Washington, but just the offense in general took a step back after we talked about such so highly of the offense against Minnesota. So I want to really see them build off this though, because I'm sipping the Kool-Aid again. Um, it's not hard for me to sip the fucking Kool-Aid, but I, I don't want that bottle to run out by the end of next week against Dallas. I don't because I love sipping the Kool-Aid and I want to sip it all year long. Justin Fields back. Do you guys, what do you guys think? Is this the offense that he needs to be in? You know, what we saw, like, is this the offense for him? I think, I think so. yeah. I mean, what, what's best about it and what I think is so much fun for us to watch is like, they're doing the things that they're good at. Like the team is calling the plays that the players will probably be best at, at doing, you know, we're, we're clearly a much better run blocking team because they're just better at moving bodies. They're better at, you know, they're athletic, they're lean, they go out there and they move people. So let's move the pocket. Let's call a pass play where we still move bodies like that. And it's worked and we love it. It's, it's playing to the, the abilities of our guys. It's building the offense around fields uh, first and foremost. So that's exciting. And um, yeah, I mean, What's best for the best offense for fields right now would be a lot of the same stuff we're seeing just with a lot better players. So, um, you know, we can't always expect, even if it is the best play calling, we would just won't really know that until like we're a fully operating offense, but we're seeing, we're seeing more and more signs of that. So I think it's definitely, uh, it's working. I mean, that's the bottom line. You got to play to your strengths and you'd kind of be stupid not to. Um, and another thing that I liked this week is Cole Komet. Nice catch. Yeah. Athletic ability. We haven't <laughs> seen that in a while. Low awareness, though. He thought he, he thought it was for sure out of bounds. <laughs> he was freaking out, man. That was hilarious. And then they showed it on the replay. They're like, yeah, that yeah. looks like a catch. Huh? <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say I like to think that he knew he was in bounds and tried to just be get Bill Belichick to throw the flag. <laughs> But odds are we're totally wrong. <laughs> and Cole Komet for sure thought he was out of bounds with a little yeah. awareness. But I like to think. I like, I like to think <laughs> he's maybe on the right track there. Cowboys this Sunday, guys. It's a big one. It's a massive one. Their defense is lights <laughs> out. Their defense yeah. is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And – you know, it's very nerve-wracking. They shut down the Lions' offense, which has honestly, shockingly, been hard to do this year. Uh, their defense really kind of got them back into the game against the Philadelphia Eagles, made a lot of big stops against a great Eagles offense. Unfortunately, I think we win this game. Or I guess fortunately. <laughs> fortunately, I think we win this game. I do. I, I guess I'm sipping the Kool-Aid hard. I think the defense <laughs> – Losing Robert Quinn automatically will chip on the shoulder. Oh, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm bought in. The Kool-Aid sipped fully. And if we win this game, we're going to the playoffs. And I think we win this game. 
I do. I do think we win this game. And on, in all honesty, I think it's 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 so crazy to say, but this win would put us at four and four with the tiebreaker over the Cowboys if we have the same record as them. But I'm really worried. I'm really worried about that seven spot when you got teams like the Rams, 49ers, and Bucks hanging around there. Am I getting ahead of myself, guys? Like you guys are looking um, at me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just I feel like the NFC in general is just such a toss-up right now. I mean, it could go really any different direction. Packers are lost, Bucks are lost, but those are also two teams that could just turn it right on a dime. Uh, and I don't think the Bears, when you compare the Bears on paper to those two teams, I just don't think that there's much to compare. I mean, obviously Green Bay and, and Tampa have better rosters than Chicago. Um, so I don't know. It's, uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'll say that. We're in the yeah, I'll, I'll touch on both of the things that you said there. Well, I think I like some of the individual matchups that Chicago will have. I think we'll have to play a very similar style to how we played against New England. They have great pass rush. Like you said, a really good defensive line. Um, so we'll just have to acknowledge that and run the ball, move the pocket, uh, get the ball out quick. Um, we'll have to be equally as good on third down, I'm sure, as we were against the Patriots, which um, is not going to be easy to do. Um, defensively speaking, I think JJ is a good matchup. Uh, with CD, I think CD is great. You know, I'm not saying JJ's going to shut him down or anything, but, um, you know, we got a guy there type of thing. Um, but they're just a much better team right now. So I'm not going to sip quite as much Kool-Aid as you. Um, but if we beat New England the way that we did, we can certainly beat um, Dallas, you know, in an ugly game or however. So um, other part, is that we would have to start winning some division games to make the playoffs. <laughs> and I don't – I just don't know if I'm if I'm sipping that cup yet because I'm not really sold that we would even take both from the Lions right now. I think Detroit will probably get at least one of the games um, this year. And, you know, Green Bay, as bad as they've been this year, they made us look like their little brother still. And Minnesota's, you know, better than they are. So, um, I think if we win that uh, win against Dallas, I'd say, hey, cool, that's two nice wins. Who's next? We're probably underdogs. So Miami, um, <laughs> yeah, right, Miami, yeah. right after us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not quite there yet. What about an ass beating in Dallas? Oh, that's me in Dallas. I'd be writing a personal letter to Jerry Jones. I'd be saying, you fucking old man. Are you serious? Flus would probably get extended. I mean, seriously, that'd be cool. It'd be cool. But you got me sipping too much. All right, let's play a little yay or nay. We'll go through this one quick because we got some other teams we need to talk about around here. A little yay or nay. Give you four Bears scenarios. You say yay or nay. Okay. Pretty simple stuff. Packers pass Bears for all-time wins this season. We are one game ahead of them. Yay. Yay. I know your answer well. 
No, nah, I'm going to go yay. I think that they'll get two. We're tied right now with wins. I think that they'll probably hit, they'll probably hit nine. We're, odds are we're going to hit seven. I think we can get four more. I think we could, you know, get four or five more wins this year. I would love to say no and then go, oh, that'd be great. Just they tie us. Farvin Rogers era ends. Oh, you got so close. Oh, you got so close. Boom. 12 win season. Packers three and 14. Let's ride. Pull away. <clears throat> but uh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say uh yay as well. I think they'll I think they'll get two more wins the rest of the year ahead of us. <clears throat> David Montgomery finishes the season as a Chicago Bear. Yeah, yay. Yeah, uh, polls polls kind of addressed that earlier this week. He said Montgomery is one of his favorite players. Um, I don't think he says that within you know knowing that he's you know shopping him or anything. I think he genuinely means that. Him and Flusa have always been on board that they're trying to win every game, and I don't think that trading Montgomery would be on board with that. I don't think polls is is um, leading us on at all. I think he's genuine when he talks about Montgomery the way that he does, so I think he's saying. Now, if you're Ryan Poles and you get a phone call from... Yeah, here's... Yeah, let's, let's get these scenarios going. Give me get something. a phone call from the middle of the pack, middle of the pack team trying to make a playoff push. Dave Montgomery for a third-round pick. Are you accepting that? Probably, I don't know. No. No. I don't think so. I don't think so because I think they have intention. I think they'll probably resign him. I don't even know if I felt that way last week, but I think he'll be a bear for the next couple of years. So, I mean, I'd be, I'd definitely be happy to resign if we resigned him. But I mean, a third round pick putting us at ten picks in the draft next year, and you, it's, you still have Khalil Herbert. Like. Running backs are replaceable. I don't know. I feel like I might say yes if a third-round pick is on the board from a team that I don't think is going to finish bottom of the pack or top of the pack. I just – I think David Montgomery – I'm not saying Khalil Herbert is better. I think David Montgomery is the best running back on this football team. But I also think Khalil Herbert's a damn good running back. And to draw a third when you see guys like – you know, we got David Montgomery in the third round. And you see these players like Brees Hall, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor being second-round picks. It's like, okay, we know. This is, yeah, this is a crazy running back draft too. Yeah, exactly. Like, we can save money, not spend on that position, have Khalil Herbert draft one with the pick that we get for Montgomery while saving money and having a very cheap rookie contract. Mm-hmm and just kind of move forward with it and then still have another third that we can spend on another player. Like it's, it's, I love David Montgomery so much. I, like I said, I do think he is the best running back on this football team, but it's just like, I have been so like anti RB, like so replaceable. I think that if you can give them, you know, 10 to $12 million this year, I would, I would be happy with that. But if you look like over the last few years, Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook, Saints, Alvin Kamara, Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, massive contracts at the RB position in the year that they were extended. You know, obviously the cap's going to go a little bit up, 
So running backs are now going to be drawing 18 to $19 million almost. I think it's ridiculous to hand that much money to such a replaceable position. And you look at those teams and they've been very mid teams. They've been very, very mid. The Vikings have been literally the definition of fucking mid over the last four years with David Montgomery on their contract with Dave Montgomery's massive contract on their books. Cowboys definition of mid Zeke fucking or cook. All I'm saying is if I'm getting a call for a third round pick, I think it's going to be a middle of the pack third. I'm, I'm probably taking it. It would hurt just because I do think that's, it's going to, it's going to hurt our offense this year, but looking towards the future, which is what we should be doing always. I, I would like it. But at the same time, if we keep them, I'm happy. We give them 10 to $12 million this year. I'm happy with it. Yeah, no, I think actually third round pick, I'd probably take that too. Now that you say that, you put it like that. When you sprinkle old, with sugar. Come on, just the, the fucking sprinkles on top. Bears hit eight wins, yay or nay. Need five more out of the next 10. Got to go 500. Nay. Mm. Ah, yay. Oh, optimistic. Larry <laughs> from left field. Listen, if they can sweep the Lions, that's two. You need to win three of the next seven. You got the Jets, the Falcons still remaining, Packers, Vikings. I would like to say that I think that we can split with the Packers the way that they've been playing. Um, At the same time, Aaron Rodgers always just seems to show up and fuck us. Um, I think that they hit a hard seven. I I think they hit a hard seven. And it's kind of funny because I was obviously, you know, drinking a little bit of Kool-Aid a little bit ago, but. You know, you come down off the Kool-Aid high after you talk about it a little bit. I think they'll probably hit a hard seven, and that's a win. That's more wins than we had last year with the worst roster, and that's moving forward, new coaching staff, Justin Fields, QB1 going into 2023 with four wins. I want to say let's go ahead and say we split with Lions. We get a we get an exciting, fun little win that nobody thinks we're going to – that no one – you know what, I'm going with you, Larry. I'm – with, through seven, I'm going with you, Larry. Eight wins. Go. <laughs> eight wins is happening. I'm going to say eight wins because through the first seven games, we've already got two wins that no one expected us to win, 49ers and the Patriots. That's two of them already. Toss another seven on there. Next seven games, there's going to be, you know, a few games that no one expects us to win. Bam, there's two. Got to follow the alg- algorithm. Now, oh, we're expected to beat the Jets. Maybe. Don't know. They're five and two. Expected to beat the Falcons, maybe. I don't know. They're playing better. But, I mean, I think we can hit eight wins. I think we can go 500 over the next 10. So, yeah, Larry, I'm going yay. Eight and nine. I love it. Buy me in, Larry. Let's go. Let's go. All right. I'm not even going to say the last one because neither of you guys are going to say yay. Bears make the playoffs. I was on a Kool-Aid high. (laughs) Moving on to the Chicago Bulls for a little bit here. They're playing right now. Hey, Siri, score the Bulls game. 85-68. 85-71. 85-68. 85 71. Nice. Go Bulls. Two and two. About to be three and two. Knock on the wood. We beat the Celtics and the Heat, boys. Celtics and lost to the Wizards and the Cavs. Not pretty. Cavs are a lot better than they were last year, though. 
through four and a half games. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I haven't watched too much. I know um, Patrick Williams, I see his stat line on Twitter every night because <laughs> I have to point out that it hasn't been too great, which is really disappointing to see. He's having a better game uh, tonight just watching. But, um, yeah, I think that's disappointing. Io has been really good for us. He's obviously been the starting point guard with Lonzo out. And um, it's great to see that from him. Glad he's getting better. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for much more out of Io. And I, what I really liked was uh, I saw a clip on Twitter of uh, him calming down Andre Drummond. I mean, that's a second-year guy calming down a vet. I mean, that's, that's a guy that really knows how to lead. Uh, if you ask me, even though, you know, it's just the second year in the league. I mean, I think Io could turn out to be a, a really good piece for years to come for Chicago. And, you know, maybe even a guy you can build around. Um, and I think they're going to need him to maybe play a, well above his expectations, especially if the Bulls are going to be without Lonzo uh, maybe all season. And if Zach Levine is, you know, not going to play as much as expected if he's going to be managing his knee for most of the season. Uh, somebody's got to step up, and it might be Io. Yeah, I think it is him. Like, he had, what, 22, 23 the other night, four for four from three. I think he's just always going to be that great utility player. He can defend. He can score. Um, but I, I don't know if I – I mean, I, I would love to see him hit the, you know, the level of, you know – not necessarily superstar, but stardom, you know, maybe a couple um, all-star appearances. But, I mean, I just I, – I can see him being, you know, a great, great, great utility player, someone you can start around a great team, kind of like, you know, you know, like your Marcus Smarts of the league, someone like that, someone who you need to have on your team to win a championship – and I, I do, I think Io is a part of that. I, I see him as a long-term piece for the Chicago Bulls and someone you can build around. Do I see him hitting the superstar? Would love it. That's tough. Um, but I can see him becoming a star in this league. You know, a couple-time All-Star. It's not real too difficult to become an All-Star in the NBA. So I would love to see it. And it's scaring me because he looks levels better than Patrick Williams. He's a thousand times more aggressive. He's taking more shots than him. And I just got to ask, is it panic, panic button time? It's time to say that we probably should have traded Patrick Williams when we thought about trading Patrick Williams. That's how I feel. Um, obviously, the season is still very young, and the best part about Patrick Williams has been and still is that he's very young. I mean, he's he's probably younger than Io, right? Yeah, he's 21. How old is Io? 22. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, both young. Um, I don't really feel anything about, like, you know, Io being good, making me feel any way about Patrick Williams not being as good. But, um, yeah, that's just kind of how I feel about it. We probably should have traded him. But he's how I feel about him is how I feel about Kyle Pitts in Dynasty football. Like, okay, he had, doesn't really do much, but, hey, maybe he will next year. <laughs> <laughs> It's always next year. I'm I'm panicking. And a lot of people are on I get I get it. He's still young yet. Yeah, it's only his third year in the league. But that's just like really not. I mean, I guess sometimes it does take players to come into their own, but 
dudes come in here at 19 years old and are all stars, like mm-hmm. especially, you know, being the fourth overall pick. And I knew he was a project piece, but this project is taking a little longer than I expected. So everyone on Twitter is like, oh, he's only 21. Like, you got to give him time. You got to give him years. And I'm like, that's not the NBA. That's not. These players come in here at 19 years old and are, you know, MVP candidates in two years. Like, I'm cool with him being an MVP. I'm cool with him taking, you know, longer to get to that superstar potential as the fourth overall pick. But we're not, he's not even a star. Like he's not, he's not aggressive still in his, like his entire career, his shot selections have never been really bad. Like he's, I feel like he's always taking good shots. It's like, okay, maybe do more of that. And I don't know if that's like a, we have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine type thing. That's really hurting that, but he should be our third score. He should be our third scoring option and he's not, but my thoughts about the bulls, you know, Vucevic is looking a lot better. I'm loving Vucevic. Uh, Ryan, my roommate, was calling him uh, even your Vooch. <laughs> <laughs> like, Robert. Um, like Robert Quinn, yes. Um, he's looking like an all-star this year, an all-star center, which is you know very hard to do in the East, but he's looking really good. And DeMar is still DeMar. Wish we would have traded him in the offseason still, though. And uh, Zach is back, and I've seen him, you know, when I watched, like, the first quarter, and he looked great. So – um, my thoughts really haven't changed long term for the Chicago Bulls. I still think that they're probably a 45 win team in the East and unfortunately maybe a play in team um, would love to see them avoid that. But that's my that's my thoughts on the Chicago Bulls. Still, have your guys thoughts changed? No, uh, not really. I mean, a little concerned with Levine not playing the first two games, but it's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Load management. Yeah. Yep, but it said I heard I read that he's not gonna play any back to backs this year. So I started started peeking at the schedule and looking for some back to backs. So I was like, okay, not gonna go to these games. Uh, power rankings, real quick. I want to do this like once a month. Chicago power rankings. Rank your top five Chicago sports teams in order. Obviously, some are out of season. Things are gonna change. So, top five in order. Who you have from best Chicago sports team? towards Chicago sports team. We'll start with number five, Larry. Oh, number five, as in like mm, Blackhawks. They're fucking four and two. Beat they're, still, they're still kind of directionless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they've got direction and it's pretty down. <laughs> Well, let's be nice. They just beat the Panthers last night, who were projected to win the Eastern Conference. So, I, I mean, I like that. No, I, I, yeah, I would say the Blackhawks are fifth in my eyes as well. Um, but I'm loving to see them compete. They're looking great. They got their new goalie stat lock in there. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, they're still fifth, and it's going to take a lot for that to change. Lucas. Yeah. No. It's yeah. I don't know between them and the Cubs as far as talent, about as far as like who's worst, but like it's harder to support the Blackhawks, so they're for sure number five. Four, I've got the Cubs. Yeah, that's where I'd go to. 
Cubs. Miami. Not 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 much else. <laughs> Nowhere else to go with that. I thought about yeah. it. Nowhere else to go. Three is where we get interesting, boys. Three we get spicy. Oh, listen, Will, you're wearing a White Sox shirt, so is this yours? No, I you no, mine's Dude, here. I, this was in my closet, and I was Probably like, I Ryan or JB because we went to the game together. It's an XL. <laughs> But who you got? I, I, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said I was going socks here? I said it just gets interesting. I said it gets interesting. Yeah. And you're about to jump my bones. I don't think it really does get that interesting unless you're about to say that the Bears are better than the Bulls. No, I'm not. All right. Who are you going three, Will? I asked you first. I'll go Bears. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Bears too. Bears. Real interesting there. <laughs> I thought somebody would get a little spicy. All right, two. I went White I went Sox. first on the three. You're up first. I White went first. Sox. White Sox didn't make the playoffs. Bulls did. Bulls probably will. White Sox yet to be determined. So I'll go White Sox is the number two best team in Chicago right now. I, you know, it's, it's tough because, you know, next podcast, I'm sure we'll talk about the White Sox manager situation. Um, It really depends on who they hire as manager. If they get a really good choice and they get their guy, I think there's an argument to be made for them to be number one with the talent that they've got coming back on that roster. Yeah. But you know what, for the sake of parity, uh, Bulls number two. My man. All right, I can make a graphic out of that. (laughs) Thank goodness, because I was about to cut the graphic. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with Lucas, though. I'm going to go White Sox and then Bulls. Obviously, those could all vary. Wait until December, though, boys. We're going to have a little shift. Or wait until November. I'm thinking uh, the Bears. Let's go. Yeah, we're like right. one DeMar DeRozan injury away from the Bears jumping up our power list. <laughs> Just the number one. They beat the Cowboys, Bulls injury, bam. Oh, my God. If the, if the Bears if the Bears beat the, like, blow out the Cowboys, like, 33-14, same shit. They're so much better than the White Sox. The White Sox had no moment that they, like, did that to a team that was better than them. The Bears 100% would be better. I love it. I hope you guys are sipping the Kool-Aid with us. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Around the Loop. As always, it's so good to be here with Larry and Lucas talking about Chicago sports. Uh, We will let you know if the Kool-Aid will still be poured next week after the Bears-Cowboys game, and uh, we'll see how the Bulls do. Let's see if they can hang that number one spot in the power rankings. Peace. Stop, Bears.